Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Game On. I'm your host, Jerry Jacob. This is a new show produced by She Got Game Media, and it's all about success stories. Our guests are game changers, celebrities, as well as successful rising stars in business, music, and the arts. This is not your average talk show. On Game On, each guest is asked to share five winning strategies or ideas that have made and continue to make them successful. Hopefully what they have to offer will inspire and motivate you to elevate your brand and get your game on. I'm really excited today because getting her game on today is Ms. Janae Darden, an award-winning journalist and public speaker from Oakland, California. Ms. Darden has reported for such outlets as NPR, Time Magazine, Ebony, and the Los Angeles Times, and hosts her own podcasts, Coco Fly. Ms. Janae Darden, welcome to Game On. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, again, thanks, uh, a little bit more of a thanks because you're on Oakland on West Coast time, so thank you for waking <laughs> up uh, a little bit early as we do it on the East Coast. Uh, no so problem. I want to really begin, oh, thank you. So I really want to begin, uh, Janae, with uh, I, love, I love the tagline that I see in, in, in reading about you, uh, a, a new flavor in news for women. So tell me more about that. I think it's part of the, uh, you know, the uh, your podcast, Coco Fly. So what, what, yeah. what is that? <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll explain. So, yeah, so CocoFly.com is also, yes, um, it's a podcast, and it's also um, a blog and a website that I started um, in 2008. So I started actually during the recession when so many journalists were getting laid off. And I, too, was having a hard time finding work. And it was funny because I um, I, I used to be resistant about blogging when I was in journalism school, and we had to learn how to blog. And uh, I thought it was silly. And so my other classmates were like, this is silly. What's, what's blogging? Like, this is not going to mean anything in the future, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So, um, and so I knew that while I was out of work, that I still needed to keep my resume current, and that I still needed to keep my skills fresh. And so, what I did was that I started Coco Fly, and the reason why I did it was because I there, sometimes I would pitch stories, maybe that were related to that, to diverse issues, whether it's about women or people of color, LGBTQ community, or whatever. And sometimes um, it would be declined, and I would think they'd be good stories. And so, I started Coco Fly. So I can write about different issues, and I'll, and that's why I say it's a, it's a new flavor of news for women because I'm bringing something new and, and I'm bringing uh, my own voice, my own unique voice to, to different issues and different topics. No, I, 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 I love it. Why, why, why the actual name Coco Fly? How did you come about with the name? <laughs> so that's another funny story. Um Coco Fly. So when I was, I used to be a, a news producer at NPR, and um, and then after I, I left NPR, I went to Marketplace, um, and it was funny because one of my colleagues at Marketplace called me Coco Puff, like the cereal. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you, mean, you mean like cuckoo? It, it used to be yeah, cuckoo like cuckoo for Coco Puff. Puff if I remember, right? No? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I said, "What?" And then he was like, "He's like, that's what they used to call your NPR." And I said, "Well, nobody told me that, you know." <laughs> so I think they were saying like in a in a funny way that I'm crazy. <laughs> so oh, okay. Because okay. I'm very humorous. So so. 
um, that's where it came from. Like, so I didn't know that they were calling me Coco Puff, which I thought was funny. Um, so I was like, oh, Coco. And then I liked the 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 um, the word fly because in the 90s, like when In Living Color was out, I don't know if you remember, like the fly girls, the dancers. Um, fly meant really cool, and also fly means just being able to soar above things. It means just going to greater heights. I'm going to different places, so that's why I, com- I that's how I combined the two. So that's how I came up with the name. <laughs> oh, I, I I love it. I love it. It's funny. It's, uh, you know, obviously everything is about perspective because I, uh, you know, when you talk about fly, I'm, I'm thinking of like super fly. Do you know? What well, I mean? yeah, even that. That yeah, that cool. You know, yeah, that kind of cool. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. It can go this back then too. Yeah. Exactly. That, that that's exciting. And one other thing before we get on to uh, you know the topic at hand, I know I know you're very passionate about uh, you know certain subjects, and specifically, it's part of your series under the covers. So mm-hmm. if you don't mind, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, uh. Yeah, I love to. So under the covers is. Um, it's an erotic – it's basically my research on black erotica, on black erotic literature. So I am I am proud to say that <laughs> when I graduated from journalism school at the University of Southern California, that I was, I'm the only one who's, who's covered that topic. Basically, hey. it was <laughs> – Yes, it was it was interesting, kind of running that by my committee. <laughs> like this is what I want. I'd imagine I imagine all your peers had uh, you know great admiration for that topic. A little bit off. But, the... yeah. <laughs> and you know, and 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 the people on my committee were uh, a Latino man and a, and a and a white man, and they were so supportive, and I appreciate them so much. Because <laughs> and they were like, "You're doing what?" But they had my back the whole the whole way through. But so actually, it started even before it started even before. Um, Graduate school started in um, undergraduate school when I was at UC San Diego, and I, I was in a research program, a summer research program I had been accepted to, but I didn't have um, an idea of what I wanted to do research on. And so I was in a bookstore, um, Crowns, I don't know if they had Crowns Bookstore um, on the East Coast. It's, it's closed now, but I was at Crowns Bookstore, and they were closing in, in San Diego, and so I was going through their bargain bins, and they had all these books for like a couple of dollars, three or four dollars, which is great for a college budget. <laughs> so, And I still like to read books, and I found this book called Brown Sugar, and it was this really beautiful African-American woman, and she was like nude from the waist up, but she was covered, and it was a very beautiful beautiful um, cover and I had never seen a woman a black woman photograph like that and so then I was like oh this is probably like Harlequin romances so I opened the book and it was like steam shot out (laughs) of the pages and I was like oh this is more than Harlequin this is a little hotter than that and so I started um, doing research on looking at where did because I didn't know, I didn't know, if any, I didn't know of any African American writers uh, writing erotic literature, and I read a lot of books, and I was like, I didn't know black people wrote this kind of stuff, and so I started doing more research on that, and where did it come from, and the history of that, and and just looking at ways that um, black authors are kind of writing their own vision and versions of sexuality outside of kind of how the mainstream media portrays it, and so that's how I started um, doing research, and so that's where under the cover came from. And so I started the research in undergrad, and then when I went to graduate school, we had the option to write a thesis or take an exit exam, and I said, well, I want to further continue doing research on this. And so I'm so happy they were open-minded, and they said go for it. So right now I'm finishing up the book proposal and hopefully getting a book deal. So I'm shopping it around to get a book deal. Oh, oh, that's great. So so it will be something that, uh, you know, uh, 
hopefully in time we'll get you back on and uh, we'll be able to promote that. Oh, that yeah, would be great. Absolutely. And you'll do the uh, you'll do the standard book tour. Maybe you'll you'll come all the way out east over here. We'll be we'll be I, happy I to help. I hope so. And I love that part of the country. So I'm like, I'm over oh, here. <laughs> Great. Well, we'd, we, we'd love to have you. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I would be remiss, and I did catch some of your, uh, uh, some of the shows that your interviews uh, recently that you, you've made. And one of the things that we want to share with the audience is, you know, Janae Darton, obviously you recognize the, the last name, uh, Chris Darton, the prosecutor in the O.J. Simpson trial. Well, uh, you know, Janae, uh, I'm sorry, Chris is Janae's father. Yes. So I wanted to just, you know, not, not to spend a great deal of time, but, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts? And, you know, you, you were a young girl at the time. Give us kind of a sense of, you know, back then and how it relates to, to your time today. Um, yeah, that, I, that was, I was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was. And, and you can also, too, because I know we're, we're short on time. If anyone wants to go to my website, CocoFly.com, I have a bunch of articles and interviews I've done, too, on this that goes more into depth. But I was 15 living in Oakland during the trial. So my parents never married. My father was in L.A., and I was here in Oakland during the trial. And my my father took the case, and it totally changed our lives um, to go from being anonymous to, <laughs> to being, like, in a high school. Yeah. You know, your father's like in a high-profile case on TV, and and it was just really crazy. And like you said, it was a circus. And we, um, even including um, our family here in the Bay Area, we and we weren't anywhere near LA or Hollywood. We we were contacted by the paparazzi. They would come visit the house. They called our house. Um, so it was just really, and me being 15, it was just a very crazy experience. And I went to a predominantly black and Latino high school, so and a lot of the students sided with the defense because um, you know there was so much racial division at that time. But thankfully, uh, my classmates they they said, you know, we don't agree with what your father's doing, but you've always been cool, and you know, we we're gonna look out for you, we're gonna support you, and I'm so thankful that. You know, there were a few incidents, but aside from that, it could have been worse. And they were they were very very supportive. But yeah. it was definitely a, it was definitely a turbulent time. I always tell people I wish it on no one. People think it's glamorous, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I caught your your I caught your recent interview with your father on the Today Show, and uh, yeah, I I guess he, in hindsight, I you know one of the things he was talking about is uh, I think he had back spasms, and he there was a that possible chance that he couldn't even make the trial and he wished he did not. So yes, they yes. would certainly regret, you know, and, and what are, and, you know, in, you know, obviously you're an adult today. What, what are the, what do you think just shortly are the lessons learned from that experience for you? Wow. That's a good question. And that's, and actually that's a question I've been, I've been um, asking myself, like what are the lessons I've learned? It definitely has taught me a lot about media because I've, I've noticed, I mean, that trial really, that trial, trial definitely made the 24 news cycle, media news cycle a big thing. Um, so I definitely learned about that. As you learn about trust because when when someone you're related to, especially that closely, becomes famous, it's interesting how people may change around you. So I had to definitely, and for a long time I didn't tell anyone. So this was I mean, for 20 years, I kind of kept quiet. So I've known people for a long time, and they were shocked when I told them because I didn't know how people would react. 
because I could because right. I just knew how we were tormented during the trial. So I definitely learned about trust and just valuing support from people, um, like the few people who did know, and they were very supportive, and they were very supportive of me during the show with the People versus O.J. Simpson. So that's actually when I came out and started writing and, and doing interviews and, and telling my story, and people were very supportive. So it's a lot to learn. You learn about fame. You learn about Hollywood. You know, I, I learned some. I learned yeah. some hard lessons. Yeah. Yeah, well, you you know, even at fifteen, and then as and, and even now, it's coming back. I mean, it's it's it's. I, I I'm I'm kind of amazed myself at the 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 ongoing interest in, in the trial. It's uh, just it just doesn't stop. But uh, you know, it's it's actually a, hopefully it's a kind of an interesting segue because mm-hmm. you know, in terms of lessons learned, one of the things that we ask uh, our guests is to share you know their success stories, their ideas. So. You know, with that in mind, Janae, why don't you, if, if you can, uh, rather than me reiterate some of those, why don't you just, uh, you know, tell us uh, a little bit about your, your success, success strategies or ideas that we can impart to, to our audience. Okay. So do you want me to just go through the list, my five success Yeah. Strategies? I mean, we could start off by, you know, the first one that you, you sent us was believe in yourself, which is, you know, so, yeah, please, please just uh, elaborate on it from, from your own uh, experiences. Yeah, um, so, so, yeah, so my five success strategies, <laughs> one is definitely believing yourself. <laughs> it's definitely believing yourself, and Jerry, we're having too much fun. And <laughs> um, because it, I was, so when I was at NPR, quick story, I um, produced an interview with Beyonce's father, Matthew Knowles, and so after the interview, I asked him, asked him what was his key to success, and because, you know, he he was a, a strong force behind what is now known as Beyonce. So, and sure. he said that he always believed in himself, and he always saw what he wanted to be. And he said even times when they, you know, when maybe they they were broke and they didn't have anything, he just kept saying to himself that he saw himself as some kind of music executive, and he he saw Beyonce as something huge. And so I I, I never forget that that advice that he told me. So I think. For success, if you're whatever you're going for, big or small, that you have to believe in yourself and you have to see yourself doing it, and because there's going to be times when things get rough and you might fail, and so to pick yourself up, you need to believe in yourself. I I, I so agree. Thank you for that. Uh, again, relating it to obviously Beyonce and yourself. And the next <laughs> thing that you were talking about is obviously uh, education. Yes. And, you know, and what I mean, education doesn't necessarily have to be college. It can just be, depending on what you want to do, it can just be just any type of training. I think sometimes before you jump into something, you may not know everything about it, but you 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 want to know the basics. You want to know what you're doing. Um, so for me, I went to journalism school, and even before that, I was writing for little small newspapers in the Bay Area, and I wasn't getting paid for it, but that was kind of my on-the-ground training. And the good thing about that training is that it helped me get into journalism school, and, and even with the training in journalism school, it helped me to do other things, so like I know how to blog. Even you know, we know that story, and <laughs> and I learned how to podcast and and just and just do those other things. And and it's funny, I went to high school with a guy, really, really, really smart, but he didn't want to go to college. He wanted to work on cars. That was what he loved to do. And so in high school, after school, he would go, um, you know, uh, to the local um, car repair shop, and he would work an apprentice and now he has a great business where he repairs luxury cars for a living so that is great that's just an example that is, so education yeah so education yes. can come literally in all flavors 
yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just, Absolutely. just keep that mind working and educate yourself. And, and then you talked about, which is really, you know, resonates with me, build your network of support and mentors. Yes, yes, and, 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 that's, and, and when I mean support and mentor, I mean in different areas. I mean also not just even professional, but also just personal too. And it helps to know people, of course, that can get you to the next step or maybe there's certain areas you don't have education in and expertise and you just, you just need help. And so it was very important to me um, when I left journalism school that I had mentors. I still contact um, some of my professors today <laughs> when I need support or people that have mentored me. And I think it doesn't matter how long you've been in a business or how long you've been in a certain area. It's good to have it's good to have mentors because they can constantly school you on things you need to know. And then also, too, you want support because whatever you're going into is not easy. And so you want those people around you that can keep you lifted, keep you motivated, and keep you going. Yeah, I, I, I so agree. I You know, sometimes just... Uh, you know, other people's perspectives, because sometimes you're in the think of it, and you, right. you know, you, we, we, we tend to tell ourselves what we want to hear to some extent. Right. So it's always good to have our, uh, you know, fresh eyes uh, to help yes. us. And then, yes. and then you talk about, which is, you know, people talk, walk, walk your talk. Yes, yes. Yeah, I can't stand when people say, oh, I'm going to do this, and I have this business, and I'm this and that. And, and then, like, okay, I'm looking, okay, well, show me, you know, show me what you got, show me what you're doing. And it's not reflective at all <laughs> of right, what, right. You know, what they're trying to project, or it doesn't look professional. And, you know, even, and I think, too, sometimes we think, like, oh, I don't have everything I need to make this business what I want or to make this venture what I want. And But still, like, if you you know even if you don't have all everything, just make sure your presentation is on point and make sure um, you're, that you're professional and that you're coming off as professional because that's going to attract people because people will take you seriously because you might not have everything you need, you may not have that company or you may not have that job or whatever. But if people see potential in you, then which goes back to mentors and support, then they'll invest in you. But if you're saying you want to do all these things and I don't see any effort then I'm not going to support you. I, 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 I so agree. And last but not least, we have a, don't be afraid to carve your own path, which, I mean, you're, you're a quintessential example of that. So tell us about that. Yeah, I think, and this is something I had to learn too, is that, you know, sometimes we're we're trained to think like you do X, Y, Z. So especially now with the way the economy's changed, it's like you're going to go to college, graduate, you're going to get a job, and then that's it. So nobody told me that a big recession would hit. <laughs> that, exactly. that, that I might lose my job. And so what you know? So what do I do then? And and how and how do I try and stay relevant? And 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 you know when there's things happening. And so sometimes you it, it's not a linear path that you may have to go to reach you know, to reach your goals and to reach your dreams. Like, I think Brad Pitt, I think he was, I think it was Brad Pitt. Like, I think he went in journalism first or something. No, he like, Brad Pitt, was, no, he was like a valet. Yeah, Brad, Brad Brad Pitt was doing valet service in L.A. before he became an actor. And um, Hugh Jackman, yeah, that's something. He was a journalist before he became an actor. I mean, so like, those are different paths, you know, before they became these big, huge stars. So, you know, think of other ways that, you know, sometimes you, you're trying to go for your dreams and you get diverted, but sometimes that, that diversion is actually good because that may be the path. It's not the linear straight path, but that may be the path that's going to take you to where you need to go. So it's like don't be afraid to get off course a little bit and make your own way, open your own door. Yeah, I, I, I so agree. And one of, my, one of my favorite words that 
you know, may relate to it and hopefully it resonates with you is, is the word serendipity. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what I mean by that is um, you never know the contacts that you make, uh, the experience that you have, whether you sought out to have them, even the accidental one. You never know right. who you're going to meet, okay, in that world that will somehow affect you and, and right. in, in some way. So, you know, I love that word because it's really, it's, it's not something that is, is by design. You know, it's right. not like I'm, I'm getting a degree and all, all of a sudden I'm going to be, you know, this, you know, in this position because I earned a degree. You know, it's carving your own path and finding it in, in whatever yeah. way you can. So, no, so I, 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 I appreciate that. Well, I, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing you know, your ideas and success and learning a little bit more about you. Uh, again, our audience would like to learn a little bit more about, you know, how do we contact you? Where do we find you? Maybe your website. Please give us a little bit of a, a you know, short promo on that. Yes, absolutely. So you can visit my website, CocoFly.com. That's C-O-C-O-A, Fly.com. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I'm doing YouTube videos now, and Facebook. And so just go to at CocoFly for all of them, and you can find me. Well, that's great. Well, again, uh, Janae, thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed our discussion, and uh, you know, hope to hope to see you soon. Uh, again, Uh, Thank you for listening to Game On. Uh, You can tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Block Talk Radio uh, by the identifier of Game On with Jerry Jacob and listen to all our interviews, uh, if you can't make it live, on Facebook.com, Game On with Jerry Jacob. And you can also find us on iTunes. So again, thanks again.